You're listening to the Physics Ed Podcast. For hundreds of ideas, free experiments and more, go to physicseducation.com.au. And now, here's your host, Ben Newsom. Yes, one again for another Phys Ed Podcast. Hey, glad you have again for another chat around science and STEM and all that sort of thing. And I must say, we are hanging out with a very good educator when it comes to the T in STEM. We're hanging out with Russell Cairns, who some people might know as Rusty. Rusty is an amazing specialist STEAM coach who teaches this subject, digital technology, coding, and robotics, to over 900 K-6 students every week. He also runs a lunchtime Minecraft, robotics, 3D printing, digital arts, and he supports STEAM clubs. And just on the side, he's also a Wonder Squad robotic close, a Sphero lead educator, a Maker 3D learning ambassador, and he is also a New South Wales ICT educator, leader of the year, and a Microsoft innovative educator expert as well. Seriously, he really knows his thing when it comes to tech in schools, and especially in the primary sector. He loves this stuff, and he's got a bit of an idea about how to get these things out into the world far beyond formal schooling. So uh, let's get right into it. This is the Physics Ed Podcast. We're all about science, ed tech and more. To see 100 fun free experiments you can do with your class, go to physicseducation.com.au. That's physics spelled F-I-Z-Z-I-C-S. And click 100 free experiments. Hi, Ben. It's great to touch base with you. And um, we've been catching up on Clubhouse under Rusty Robot. Um, so it's just great to be able to um, bounce ideas off you and um, know that I've always got someone to, um, you know, sound out some uh, and give me good advice. Mate, I'm really, really uh, stoked that you could uh, join us on this chat because, I mean, you've been doing a lot of really cool stuff <laughs> in education for a long time. Uh, and I've been, uh, actually, honestly, I've been stinging to get you on this podcast because I know you could share a bucket load of value when it comes to, well, EdTech. Let's be honest. I mean, that's why you, even your clubhouse handle is Rusty the Robot, right? Yeah. So I'm, I'm really kind of like a project-based learning teacher and I teach 900 kids a week. So I'm just feeding them the diet of EdTech. And giving them that endorphin hit that they need. So we start our lessons off uh, with a computer science principle. Um, and we introduce the principle. And then we try and get them onto the devices as quickly as possible. And then we've, we wrap up with some hands-on learning if we can. And then they go off. I get the next um, 30 kids for another 30 minutes. And so it keeps uh, ultimately coming. It Sounds like a floodgate of kids coming it at you. It is. You know, so it's like not over 900 kids a week. And I'm really lucky. Um, anything that looks really cool that I want to pilot, then I've got um, kids coming in for 30 minutes that I can pilot something with uh, one or two classes. So what I can do is if I've got eight stage two classes, I can pilot something new with two of those classes and then uh, get back to the vendor and say, this is the results. This is what I found out. This is what works and this is what doesn't work. Well, here's what I love about what you've been doing because that's exactly what you've been doing. You've been truly, well, well you know, alpha testing. I was going to say beta testing. Yeah. <laughs> really, I love the fact that you're reaching out directly to the vendors and saying, hey, can I borrow some stuff and make stuff yeah. happen? Yeah. yeah. So How- it's, we, call it, we call it feeding the beast. So yeah. um, when um, you've got um, 38 classes a week, some of those are co-teaching. Um, when you've got 38 classes, you need to feed that beast. And um, we have been surviving off a diet of STEM T4L boxes. So yeah. STEM T4L once um, a semester, 
send me 10 boxes of you know a particular robot and 10 of this and 10 of that and then I have to try and work out how can I take this 10 robots and then feed it into a class of 32 so that's one robot between three which is not ideal um, and then how can I take the big uh, boys robots and teach them to the little kids because I'm teaching K to six so how can I take that big robot and make it valuable for the little kids and then the other issue is um, next year when I'm teaching those classes again they'll say oh you know we learned that robot with you Mr Cairns last year we want a new robot and that's kind of kind of kids are kids feel if they've dipped their toe into something then they're experts on it and they're not and so you have to relate it back to the um, guiding principles of project-based learning teamwork um, you know grit and challenge um, you know um, problem thinking and design um, and design thinking and then you've also got to um, teach um, like a scope and sequence so um, computational thinking but and make it different um, but build on what you taught last year yeah, I love that. I mean, actually, I was just thinking there when you're describing you, the kid who walks in who's jaded going, oh, I've seen this robot. And you know what? That happens in science all the time. <laughs> I'm a science yeah. educator. But, and then it's, yeah. it, you happen to have vinegar on your table. Instantly, they think you're going to do a volcano. It's like, no, yeah. I'm actually going to do an acid-based uh, color, you know, like a titration. I actually show you what's actually going on. Uh, it's it's funny how that works. I mean, one of the things that's crossed my mind, uh, what, in reaching out to vendors, I mean, that could be a potentially daunting for some i mean uh how do you go about that how do you bridge those relationships to be able to even get those loaner kits in the first place well um it takes a lot of negotiating and you have to realize i'm really skirting on the um on the boundaries of yes. conflicts of interest so i have to be really careful how i'm saying i'm going to try something of yours and you're going to give me 10 of it or 12 of it preferably and then i'm going to give it back to you at the end of um you know 15 weeks and i may not buy it and you know, may not be able to sell it again, but um, I'm going to report honestly what my findings are without identifying the school or the students um, and, you know, respecting um, students' rights to privacy yep. for what they say. So things are complicated and um, it's a dance. It's a dance that I, that I play. And the other thing is, is um, one year I may be talking to uh, Mr. Lego and saying, hey, Mr. Lego, I love what you're doing with Spike Prime. I want to be everything Spike Prime. And next year, I might be saying, hey, Mr. Vex, I want to love what you're doing with Vex. And that might be because I've identified that it fills a gap in the market, or that might be I've identified that it teaches something cool that I don't think has been taught. And one of those things may be engineering and STEM. So... I've just had a little sit down with a fantastic um, academic who is very passionate about putting the E into STEM uh, or STEAM and putting it into primary schools. And um, we always talk about this, this um, interdisciplinary learning, how it, you, know, you, you can't just teach things in isolation. It has to be weaved into the other subjects. But it's, it's tricky for a classroom teacher to do that. It's much easier for me with my space that I built and um, my chairs and my tables and my benches and um, my floor space that I can put floor robots on. It's much easier for me to do that efficiently than giving a kit to a primary teacher and saying, here's a kit, get up skilled on how to use it and you've got two weeks. They may, they may only get 
two 40-minute periods in the whole week to teach that. And then they've got to fit it in with all that other stuff. And on the weekend, they've got to go home and say, watch a whole lot of videos from Lego on how they're going to integrate that um, STEM kit into their science unit or history unit or geography unit. Rather than just saying, hey, here's something that's really cool that we can play with and we can learn about playing and we can learn about STEM concepts at the same time. But ultimately, I just want to see you work in a team. So that's my current thinking about upskilling skill um, students rather than teachers, upskilling a whole student base so that over a two or three year period, you upskill them in devices and then you upskill them in STEM thinking and pedagogy and then you upskill them in computational thinking. Once everybody has had their, their toes dipped in the water and they've learned this language, then you can bring in clubs. And I think clubs are, without a doubt, the most untapped potential in schools. We already have drama clubs. We've got singing clubs, dance clubs, speaking clubs, chess clubs. But I'm not seeing so many STEM clubs. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I've got to say that the, what you're doing is incredibly entrepreneurial. <laughs> I mean, I mean, you really are, and it, like you said, you are pushing the, with the boundaries. But hey, those boundaries are there for a reason. We can push them <laughs> as long as we don't break them. But that is amazingly cool, and I love the idea of partnering directly with students in their own learning, and really, uh, they could then be the teachers back to the teachers. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I do have um, I do have a systems thinking and marketing and advertising background. Yeah, and I look at something and I go, what What is the problem with this? You know, introducing this new concept or introducing this new product? How do I need to break it down? And um, years ago, I did that with um, coffee making skills. So I went to Seattle and I studied the, the way that they were doing making coffee in Starbucks. And then I went to Italy and I studied how they were making the espresso base in the different parts of different regions of Italy. And then I broke that down into um, you know, systems-based thinking. And I trained baristas on how to, in those really busy cafes, um, you know, just pump shots and someone else just to make milk and someone else just to concentrate on the pouring of the latte. Um, and then I made sure that the person that pumped the shots was rotated around and got to learn how to pour the latte. And the person that was, you know, uh, frothing the milk uh, learned how to um, pump the shots. And it's kind of like that training model of training young adults, especially mm. new arrivals to Australia, that really inspired me and made me want to go back to uh, university and um, get my dip ed. Um, if I hadn't got my dip ed, I wouldn't be teaching in primary schools. I'd probably be teaching in a high school. Um, but that's the nature of the beast. And then as soon as I got into a primary classroom, once again, I used my systems thinking to say, how do I want to teach? And what I was inspired by was people like yourself and people like um, John Stevens, who says make a Mondays, that every school day should start off with a making day. Monday morning should be a maker day. Monday morning at the moment, we call the rolls, we sit on the floor, we do phonics for 20 minutes, then we do maths problem of the day for 20 minutes and then we do writing for 20 minutes and then the bell goes and then they go out and play and then they come back and then they do some English for 20 minutes and then they do some more maths for 20 minutes and then somewhere on that five hours that we get in front of them we have to fit in um, you know, collaborative practice uh, how to be critical and creative thinkers um, problem-based learning uh, geography history science 
And unfortunately, because everything's siloed and the main diet for a classroom teacher is literacy and numeracy skills, it's really hard to um, you know, upskill yourself and upskill your, your classroom in, in those skills. And those kids will go away on holidays, spend um, you know, five or six weeks with an iPad in their hands, playing on an iPad every day for four hours a day, and they'll come back into your classroom at the beginning of the year and they won't know how to use a computer that you taught them last November. And you have to go through that whole process of retraining them again. Anyway. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, so, and so the cycle continues, right? <laughs> um, so I think whatever you do, it's got to be gradual and also the pedagogy has got to drive you. I mean, it's, you've got to find your passion. You've got to find what you're good at. If you're an arts teacher, then become a STEAM arts teacher. If you're a geography and history teacher, become, we call them hamsters, you know, like uh, uh, humanities, arts, uh, maths, science, technology, engineering, and I've got what the R is. But, I, I've got this visualisation of the hamsters trying to get through the school <laughs> maze of life. <laughs> well, this is the thing. Yeah. We have these big ideological debates, um, and I sit in these, um, these curriculum review, um, and I'll sit in the curriculum review for the arts team, and the arts team will be saying, well, there's not enough dancing in here. Well, and then the, the visual arts people say, well, there's not enough visual arts in there. And, um, you know, the, the, the music person will say, well, there's no music in here. And I'm on the thing saying, where's the technology? Yeah, well, that's the that's thing. It reminds me of the patient going to a group of doctors saying, I feel this. And then you've got yeah. the cardiac surgeon and yeah. all the various surgeons. Yeah. And they all say, based on their specialty, what needs to happen, right? No, well, not only that, but how soon can I book you in so I can cut that out? So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Which is pre presents, I mean, this is why it's such a fun and dynamic world that, you know, that we live in, this education world that we live in. And, and it's, um, I mean, I must say, though, I mean, being able to get outside of the nine to three to actually, you know, bring in that upskilling capacity is something you've been really, really busy with. I mean, I was able to uh, catch up with Carl Easton um, earlier this year, late last year. I don't know. Uh, but it was really good to have a chat about what he's been getting up to. And you've been working with Carl a little bit uh, over yeah, the years so with this sort of thing. I, I, I like to find dynamic teachers that are in their school struggling away and I like to, you know, shine a light on them. And Carl's amazing. Carl is someone that I've always called on and said, hey, buddy, we're doing this. And he goes, really? And I go, yeah, don't worry, it'll be fine. And I'm a bit like uh, Wayne's World. You know, you build it and they will come. And so <laughs> I grabbed Carl because he had expertise in um, robotics. And I don't, you know, I'm teaching robotics, but I don't necessarily know about robotics. I just know how to teach. So he's got this great concept about teaching through robotics, using robotics to um, teach concepts and stuff. Mm. Um, and, and, and I've got this great idea about, you know, project-based learning and, and inquiry-based learning and, and having children, you know, work with challenges. So I was able to grab Carl by the hand um, and uh, we made the dynamic duo. And we ran teach meets for a good two years. And each teach meet, I would then review the teach meet while the teach meet was happening and saying, well, next time I'm going to do this or next time I'm going to do this. And um, I'm very grandiose sometimes in my plans. Um, and I've come to the conclusion I've got to stop doing teach meets. I've got to start doing STEM outreach. I need to start activating the students to then go back into the classroom and demand that change that I'm looking for. I need to, I need to empower the students, show the students the skills, the, the hard skills and the soft skills, and I need them to be a voice. So they go in and say, 
hey, give me the keys to the IT cabinet. I'll take out those EV3s that have been sitting in there for the last nine months, not being used. I'll sort them out and you open up your classroom and I'll run a lunchtime club. And my little year six person is going to teach my little year four person on the fundamentals of coding. And it's that kind of like getting the older to teach the younger, you know, with that, um, what, what's it called, zone of proximal development. But kind of keep it cool. Let the kids take the charge. And failure is good. Celebrate failure. You know, taking on a massive project, not completing it, um, is, is, is great. What um, I love about this bit with the club is that the student isn't going to have the hang-ups of trying to worry about the curriculum and all that blah, 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 blah. They just want to play. Yeah, like, well, not only that, but they need to complete the challenges. You need to give them a deadline. They yeah. need to have a mat. They need to have a defined, um, you know, um, so if we were flying drones, for instance, then they need to be able to go and um, make this drone, you know, on a, on a landing zone and develop a hook so that the drone can pick something up and then carry it. And then, you know, of course, there's a thousand ways you can relate that to science or history or geography. But they just want the drone. But you have to make it hard for them by saying, all right, you, you can fly the drone, but you need to learn how to complete the challenge. So um, if you don't have a challenge, then you don't have project learning or problem-based learning. If you don't have a, a deadline, then teachers are not going to get behind it. It's that horrible thing that in term three or term four, you, you know, week eight or week six, you need to submit. I mean, my pressure is at the moment, I've got 18 schools coming into my school for a tournament. I have no idea how I'm going to organise that. I mean, I know how to organise a tournament, but I don't know how I'm going to get my kids um, to compete in the team. And my kids just like, they just want to win the tournament. And my principal says, make sure those kids can you know, rate really well in the tournament and get through to the state finals. But me, I'm more interested in running the tournament. And that's why I've made the decision to focus all my energy on um, outreach. And um, my latest project is um, outreach for girls in STEM, low SES in Western Sydney, and um, taking the workshops directly to them on the weekends. And just like my Teach Meets, free volunteer only, no charge. How I'm going to do it? I mean, I've got the venues, how I'm going to get the teachers, how I'm going to get the equipment, how I'm going to get the computers. I don't know. But I know that I'm going to make a difference. And I know that's why I want to become a teacher. This is what I love about what you get up to. I mean, you were talking about before the uh, zone of proximal development. Uh, you push that on yourself as well, which is yeah. awesome. I, I was in a clubhouse with uh, you and Kylie uh, recently, and I said, I'm, I'm really feeling uncomfortable here. Uh, I'm, I'm, really, I'm really worried. And you said, well, that's good because, you know, you, you can't have growth uh, without some pain. You yeah. know, so, you know, you, you, to, 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 you, can't, sorry, you can't have growth with comfort. They don't go together. So we need to push ourselves. And unfortunately, as a classroom teacher, you're winding down in term four. You're not thinking about our code. You're not thinking about all of the fantastic things that now that the reports are done that you can do with your kids and you, you could end your year with a celebration. You're thinking, how can I take all the posters off the wall? How can I make sure there's no staples in the notice boards? How can I make sure my room is clean and tidy so that in week nine, when I'm told, oh, you're no longer on year three, you're on year two, how am I going to pack up all my stuff and relocate to my new room? 
And that's the cycle. You know, we, we, we stopped thinking in school years. We, we started thinking in terms. We've stopped mm. thinking in terms, and now we're thinking in five-week cycles. All of my teachers are on five-week cycles. They've got, they need data. They need reports. At the end of five weeks, they need to report back on how their kids are doing um, in literacy and numeracy and what's the target growth for them. And that's incredible pressure because if you have a day off sick, you've got to work twice as hard the next day to catch up. So I don't know. Um, I suppose I'm lucky because um, I've, got a, I've got my own program. I've got my own space. I've got all these kids that I can work with, but it's still never enough, Ben. You know, no, I, 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 still, yeah. I, I still feel, I all, you know, I've, I, I go to bed at night feeling like, you know, what am I doing to make change? Yeah. And, you know, like I, I look, you know, I go along to these amazing, you know, robotic spaces at the elite school and I, I love the elite schools. Don't get me wrong. You know, I come from an elite school background. But I look at all the opportunities that they've got and I look at, you know, what a kid in some elite school is doing in year two that my year fives don't know how to do. And it worries me. It mm. worries me that, you know, our education system and our digital divide is so, so broad. And it's not from lack of devices. And it's not from lack of experience. It's just lack of time. So I don't know. We, we just have to try and do our bit to reclaim that time. Well, that's the thing. I actually want to, you know, I'd love to know a bit more about, you know, this program that you got coming up, this free program, you know, girls, <laughs> yeah, it's you know, coding day. And I know you, you want to take this out to the uh, remote areas if I remember too. Uh, absolutely. So, you know, like anyone that's listening out there that wants to um, uh, sponsor a crazy events guy, um, I want to do education events, um, making a, an impact. And I want to give kids a taster. I want to give them a taster on, you know, whether it's VR, robotics, 3D printing. The, the beauty about robotics is that um, we can set up a design thinking challenge for them and we can make them make the robot do something or create the robot. And there's different categories of robots. You know, you've got, you know, the pre-made robot, which is the easy one to teach with. Um, and then you've got the, the robot that requires assembly. And then you've got different categories of challenges. So, you know, one challenge might be, well, get it to follow a particular line or get it to do a certain thing or get it to get up this ramp at a certain speed. Um, and then other challenges like uh, the RoboCup dance challenge. I mean, that's, you know, dress up a robot and make it dance. How cool is that? Yeah, it's a lot um, of fun. I used to be a judge on that. The kids get right into it. No, I wasn't judging the dancing. I was judging yeah. the code. You know what's interesting yeah. about that is that you have some kids and you could clearly tell who knew what they were talking about yeah. and the others who had been coached to say the things because then when you yeah. asked the questions that weren't about what they were coached about, you could tell they actually hadn't made the code. Yeah, yeah. And, and it's that kind of, you know, I mean, like everyone brings something. Robotics is a great leveler. If you don't know what you're doing, and this includes teachers as well, you're going to be showing up in front yeah, of There's nowhere kids. to hide. The robot's there's going the wrong way. <laughs> and, and the other thing is if you don't do the work, then you're not going to finish your project. And um, I'm running a 3D printing program at the moment, and I've got now being told instead of having um, eight weeks, now I've got seven weeks because Monday's a public holiday, and I've been told that all of the STEM you know, and the box and that crafty sort of stuff that goes with the 3D printing, the, you know, the, the, the physical stuff, I have to create that. So I've had to go out and buy 35 or 50 copies of, of something or a box or whatever. And now, instead of teaching the program in the 3D printing side, I've got to get the craft stuff done as well. 
And that's just because the teachers are just so time poor. Um, and I'm, then I've got to find how am I going to store all that stuff for students? You know, because at the end of the 30 minutes, I'm going to ring the bell and say, quick, quick, pick up all your little bits and pieces, put them in your box, and don't worry about it. We'll do, do it next week. And then next week, they're not going to have time. Well, it begs actually the question with the timetable itself, actually, because, I mean, I mean, in reality, I mean, a double year teacher, like, you have 30 minutes. And the reality is, is that it just, let's assume they've arrived on time. And let's assume they're going to settle within 30 seconds of them walking the door. Ha! <laughs> Good luck. If they just assume they have, uh, you really have to compress a lot in that time because, I mean, they often talk about like, uh, and this is going outside of education for now, but I mean, think about like, you know, you're working on an assignment or whatever it is that you're doing. And then the phone rings and your brain has to, you know, like I'm talking to this person, I've done the thing for a bit. And now I've got to go back to the assignment. Where was I up to? In case a couple of minutes to resell yourself and then off you go again. Yeah. It's challenging, right? And, and the biggest issue today with kids is focus. Yeah. Without a doubt. And, and, and COVID, um, the remote learning has, has entrenched uh, bad screen behaviours from home. Um, and so I'm a guy that teaches the tech. So therefore, you know, it's like I'm the drug dealer. You know, they're coming into the, the cookie store. Yeah. Um, and I have to say to them, I know you want to do all these really cool things with tech, but you have to slow down and do what I want you to do. So, <laughs> yeah, the, 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 the 40-minute um, the class or the 30-minute class in its reality is just unsustainable on, on a long-term basis. However, um, on an RFF, if you're going to rotate the kids around over a two-hour period and give them, you know, 40 minutes in the library and 40 minutes on PDH, for instance, and 40 minutes on technology, then you will be ticking those boxes. And in your report comments, you will have three sets of comments that, you know, slide in. Um, do we have a checklist? No, we don't have a checklist. Do we have a scope and sequence that, you know, is going to be maintained? No. If the kids are away during that RFF, are they given an opportunity to catch up? Well, I always try and make my um, lessons online, but it's up to them to catch up. Mm. Um, you know, is there a, a, a cross-country carnival on? Well, if there is, year two are not going to get their technology lesson this year, uh, that, that week. So... I don't know what to do. All I know is just try and just give them the best I can. Well, you certainly are doing that. I mean, one thing I'm definitely crossing my mind is the, uh, I think you're outsourcing the resources, which are honestly just a whole bunch of brains. You've got 900 brains coming through your classrooms every week, which is, by the way, is a spectacular number for primary school, by the way, <laughs> but uh, that's not another story. But for now, you have 900 brains of different capabilities, et cetera, et cetera, which you're effectively outsourcing, especially with those clubs that you're looking to set up with, you know, the older students, the younger students. So yes, they've only got a certain window of time with you uh, and- I think the idea to be able to get kids learning from other kids at least can accelerate them because you can't always be with them. You can't always be on top of them going, did you watch the Flipgrid thing or whatever it is, that we, we, whatever Instagram's learning platform we've got to use you know, now or into the future, whatever. It's, it's only so much time we can do with each kid. And so actually outsourcing that teaching from students who are actively engaged and understand those concepts, especially if it's challenge-based and you know, there's rubrics to follow, et cetera, et cetera, it is going to help. But it's certainly not a, a, a silver bullet either. It's, yeah, no. And, you know, the, the other thing is, is, you know, we built some really amazing platforms and we built into it, um, you know, conceptual lessons on computational thinking, computer science and, and practice-based lessons. And through those practice-based lessons, when they're actually on the devices, they're logged into an account and I'm tracking all the data. 
and I'm seeing how long that they stay on this activity, what the success rate is, what the completion rate is, and I'm seeing how quickly they're performing and how quickly they're settling down. And I'm teaching basic skills of keyboarding and mice and all that sort of stuff like that to very young kids. But I'm making it um, kind of like fun within other concepts, but I'm collecting that data and I'm constantly watching that data. My job is almost sustained or proven by, you know, how effective they are. And to, you know, miss a lesson, that it affects my success rate. Yeah. Um, but by having that data, then all of a sudden, it just exposes some, some really interesting possibilities of some kids that I had a 45-second interaction with and had unfortunately labelled them as, you know, not necessarily understanding the concept. And they do. They just, they're not outwardly giving the sign. It's like the kid that keeps fiddling. You know, the kid that keeps fiddling, you have to say, I'm trying to introduce my lesson. Can you stop fiddling, please? Because you're not listening to me. But how do you know whether they are or not? Well, that's actually right. Actually, as we talk, I'm fiddling with something. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm yeah. very much listening to you. Everyone's got yeah. different learning styles and what actually helps yeah. you know, settle. But I, mean, I always fiddle with stuff. I just can't help myself. But uh, it, you know, I suppose eventually it's on the output of the student eventually at the end of the day, isn't it? Well, it's just, it's really good. I mean, like if you're bringing in any digital platform, you know, whether it's Scratch or whatever you're doing, try and um, monitor it, you know, try and set up a teacher account. Do not let them just go in randomly and play Minecraft. Um, you know, always monitor it and try and get them to sign in because that's an, an additional skill and an additional hurdle that they've got to, you know, and um, get over, you know, typing their first name, last name at education.nsw.gov.au is very hard for a six-year-old. Um, and we've got ways to help them to do that. Um, but they need to learn it. And they need to learn it before they get into year six. Otherwise, we've got lots and lots of kids that can't sign into a computer and, and can't be creators. So, um, but track the data, see what they're doing uh, and monitor it because it Kids are just so amazing, have this incredible ability to say, I'm finished, but they're not. And then if you look at the data and say, well, you're not, you skipped these seven questions and you just clicked on these buttons and your accuracy and success rate is rubbish. You know, like, um, I'm sorry, but you're going to have to go back and finish those activities. You're going to have to get the work done. Yeah, the kids, kids are great at bluffing. Yeah. <laughs> Until, yeah. But the, da the data shows eventually that, no. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> And also, there's lots of um, third-party platforms that just aren't safe. Um, yeah. So, you know, if you're going to introduce something, um, do it with great caution because you know the kids are going to be going and downloading that and they're going to be getting on communities and chat rooms and who knows what they're talking to. And that's another lesson within itself. Um, but, you know, we all want to keep our jobs and we want child safety as paramount. So. Yeah, that's a whole other thing. In fact, actually, um, I'm meeting with a cybersecurity expert tomorrow around some things around, even around what physics does. And, and um, you know, they sort some bits and pieces out. And I'm just thinking, you know what, that would actually be a great chat to go into. Yeah. <laughs> have to do that yeah. for sure. So uh, third-party apps are going to unlock education. Third-party mm. apps are going to get us, you know, drive innovation and get us away from the platforms that we're, we're stuck to. And I was in um, a Microsoft um, webinar today, and it was just incredible the new things that were being rolled out. I mean, like, I was just blown away at the new developments on PowerPoint Online. Um, and I'm thinking, wow, I didn't know that, and I haven't taught any of that. And if I wanted to give the robots a rest next term, or particularly in term four, when things are very uncertain with camp and stuff like that, 
I could just teach ICT skills. So when those year sixes go into year seven and the teacher goes, okay, we're going to go on to um, Teams now, um, you can know that they'll be on, on, right on that platform. Yeah. And, that, and that's essential regardless of what you're going to actually teach. They've got to be safe. Yeah. Ben, we could talk for hours and I'm, I'm, I'm wary that, you know, the time is ticking away for you. Um, and, and <laughs> well, I'll tell you what. Um, I, mean, I mean, firstly, thank you very much for joining. There's, there's, something, so there's undoubtedly some people listening and going, you know what, um, I've been given a bit of a green light to start setting Teach up a boldly. maker space. Teach boldly. Teach boldly. That's the advice. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and raid, the, um, raid the furniture cupboard. You know, <laughs> get underneath the school, find out what sort of tables it doesn't matter what you use. Um, I just set up um, 35 seat outdoor space in uh, what was an old gardening space. And um, I'm running out of that for the next couple of days. And the kids don't really like it because it's a bit chilly. Um, but I'm learning. I'm saying, well, I won't be using those tables next time. Or I won't be giving kids cushions to sit on because they pick up the cushions and hit each other in the head. Yeah, that's bad. <laughs> But that, okay, cool. Teach both, and I guess as always, like all things, take the first step. Yes, yeah. And actually, and circling back on what you were talking about right at the very start, uh, I wonder if I wonder if this is a catalyst, mate, to <laughs> to a whole bunch of inquiries to the various uh, suppliers. But I'm I'm thinking that if you okay if you with the suppliers, don't yeah. don't expect to get anything for free. Yeah. So you know, and, and they've all told me that. Do not go on Ben's show and say, "Well, you can just go and get ten lone robots," because that's not the case. Yeah. You know, if you're going to do that, then you know, have the decency to raise some money. Um, you know, have a fundraiser. You know, put some pressure on the principal. I don't know. Cut your casuals budget. That'd be a good idea. Cut your casuals budget. Um, and um, and invest it in some robots. And seriously, for fifteen hundred dollars, um, you'll you'll get a really good starter. Well, I if don't think of them as kill. robots. I think of them as learning platforms. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, yeah. if you can All get one that can work. work with multiple grades and it's going to have some longevity, yeah. go for it. And not only that, but I mean, the whole reason why Kyle and I started this was, you know, we were going to people's classrooms and we were visiting and we were saying, can you show me your tech cupboard? And there was literally tens, sometimes hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of stuff just locked away that hadn't been used for two or three years. Mm. And I said, well, what's, what's wrong with this? And they go, well, some parts missing from the kit. And I said, well, you've got 14 kits. I've only got seven myself. Well, actually, so, you know what? You know, I must say, we've been actually using engaged in a lot of ways to re... The, so at school, has, 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 several times actually, has actually discovered uh, kits left by a teacher that's left. And they go, we don't know how to use these things. But you guys, I can see is on your website. You actually, you know, we do Lego robotics and a few other things. Yeah. Can you come in and show the kids how to do the things so then we can go on from there? And that's actually... Yeah. That's a wise decision because uh, uh, we can actually work with the students, get them up to speed real fast, and then the kids can then learn, you know, and off they go. Yeah, and that's, and that's what um, using um, outside providers, uh, whether the coding clubs or whether the, um, you know, um, skills-based providers and that that, that, that will get you going. And mm. if you're going to book an incursion or an excursion, you know, have some pre and post activities and, and build that change. Something's, you know, if Ben comes to visit my school, then something needs to happen. Yeah, that, that chemistry cupboard needs to be sorted out. That vinegar, those vinegar volcanoes, <laughs> they, you know, that, we need some more stuff. Um, and, um, and I want to see change. And, you know, what upsets me, Ben, is they say, oh, it's term four and we're doing chemistry. So I go, what are you doing for chemistry? And they go, oh, you know, we're doing um, 
I don't know, solids or, you know, liquids or something like that. And I go, well, so what are you doing? And then I find out that year one is doing slime, year two is doing slime, year three is doing slime, year four is doing slime. It's, it's slime. Yeah. You know, it's, it's not that hard. And, um, and of course, kids are, kids are all getting that now. So, yeah. Now, look, mate, love chatting with you as always. I know we're going to chat, and, and chat on Clubhouse. Yeah, we'll need, make, and, we'll need to make a part two. We did need a part two. Yeah, things I tried and failed. <laughs> well, that to me, honest, is the best place to, you know, to, to think anyway. But I mean, I, I know we're going to chat in Clubhouse more than but I really do want to hear about, um, yeah, well, let's revisit this in a, in, in a few months' time, whereby yep. you've run some of those girls' coding days. Yep. Yep. I'd love to hear about what's been going on with that. And actually, yeah. it's literally what worked and what didn't. Yeah, totally. You know, and, you know, like I remember I gave, um, I gave a presentation to Microsoft Innovative Experts about I tried a Minecraft club and I failed. And they were going, oh, my goodness, you can't do that. And I'm going, <laughs> no, I want to say why it failed and yeah. what I would do next time. Um, so, you know, begrudgingly, they let me do it. Um, <laughs> my best presentation, you know, lying there with all my faults about oh, why, why. Yeah, here, here's how I stuffed up. I mean, have 30 yes, minutes of yeah, stuffing totally. it up. And it's not yeah, stuffing totally. up. It's not actually stuff like you, you're actually pushing boundaries. It's the whole point of it. Isn't that what we teach yeah. our students? Well, when we were in Clubhouse the other day, here's how I blew up the school pool. <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't me. That was someone else. I know who that I was. Know, I, know. <laughs> I won't drop his name for now. <laughs> I'll say Michael for now. Michael, if you're listening, I know, I know Michael. I know exactly how you did that. But <laughs> you knew not to do it next time. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, and um, so... Please, anyone reach out to me at, at RussellCans1. I have a few other Twitters, but that's probably the best one to get me on because that's the one I remember today. Um, come and visit me on Clubhouse. So go into Clubhouse and go to EDU8, E-D-U-C-8. Um, and every Friday morning at 7 a.m., it's Rusty's Digital Tips and Tricks. So um, come in and share a digital tip or trick for your classroom. It's really good. I've been, I've been in that chat before, and sometimes I can't make it, but I know you drop a lot of value in that. that well, not chat. only that, but definitely, seriously. I, if you, I, I come straight off. Yeah. Um, I come up straight off Ben's. Ben's, you know how to be a, an um, entrepreneur because we're we're all entrepreneurs in our own way. Some of us just don't make money. Um, and um, <laughs> you know, Kylie said the other day, "You're an entrepreneur." So yep. I had to go and look it up. Yep. And it made me really excited because it changed my kind of like mood from being down and frustrated and saying, you know, why am I doing this? To saying, well, I, I am actually doing, you know, like, yeah, you are. Uh, yeah I am actually making a difference. Entrepreneur is 100%. A difference it's a real thing. Yeah. And, and Kylie, yeah. and, and if you're anyone listening in, that's Kylie Burrow. I, 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 Kylie was on the podcast, gosh, a year or two ago. Um, absolutely. She's totally right. You are an entrepreneur. You are making stuff happen. And considering that you're also setting up your own things on the side about it really help with the social impact point of view, point of view you're, you are an entrepreneur straight up. <laughs> oh, thanks, Ben. Yeah. No, yeah. Look, look, mate, much appreciated. I know we could chat for a long time, but we won't, but we will revisit this another time because I do want to find out what happened with your yes. metropolitan delivery and your remote delivery. That will be interesting too. Yes, yes. All right. Thanks, Ben. And um, keep steaming, everybody out there. Yeah. <laughs> Steam ahead. Yeah, <laughs> Thanks so Bye. much, mate. We hope you've been enjoying the Physics Ed podcast. We love making science make sense. Why don't you book us for a science show or workshop in your school? If you're outside of Australia, you can connect with us via a virtual excursion. See our website for more.
Well, there we go. I just spoke with Russell Cairns. He can really tell loves his tech education. And importantly, any way to get education out to kids is what he's going to be involved in. I love the idea that he's going to get into community-based STEM opportunities. And I must say, learning through play and really creating hybrid delivery of programs with Lego and Vex and Dash and Microbits... He is going to be amazingly good. And by the way, it's not just those platforms. He really has a background in a lot of different things. So if you really want to know more about AR or Ed Prototyping, Osmo, and all those sort of things, Block, the lot, he will be able to help you out. Tinker, the list. <laughs> I feel like it's one of those lists that just keep on going and going and going. But really, I highly recommend you reaching out to Rusty. So uh, definitely head out to Rusty's Twitter. He's definitely where he hangs out. And uh, look, as usual, we'll have all those links in the show notes that you'll be able to go through and uh, learn a little bit more about what he's been doing and importantly, how you can connect. So uh, look, I hope you enjoyed this particular chat. As usual, we have more education chats on the way, especially around STEM. And uh, I look forward to hanging out with you another time. Until then, have a fantastic evening, morning or night. You've been listening to me, Ben Newsom of Phys Education, and this is the Phys Ed Podcast. I'll catch you another time. You've been listening to another Physics Ed Podcast. We're excited about science. Subscribe to us on iTunes to download the next episode as soon as it's released. And don't forget, for hundreds of ideas, free experiments, our new Be Amazing book and more, go to physicseducation.com.au. That's physics spelled F-I-Z-Z-I-C-S. This podcast is part of the Australian Educators Online Network. AEON.net.au